Episode 3 of the Lone Star Collective podcast, the official podcast of the Texas Cannabis Collective. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, joined by our co-host, Austin Zamhariri. How you doing, Austin? Oh, blessed. Well, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks, Jesse. It's been uh, quite a week. I'm not going to lie, man. Um, I'm not exactly feeling in the most tip-top shape I've ever felt. Um, I went to the pharmacy. Uh, we role-played. They, they played Mike Tyson, and they gave me a third jab. Nice. <laughs> so, I've got the sore arm. Luckily, I have migraine medication to take care of that nasty headache that comes afterwards. For me, it's nasty. Yeah, I didn't have any issues um, with either doses. Is now real quick, and I know this may be a little off topic, but like, do you get the same if from a booster? Do you get it from the same manufacturer? Yes, as the other two. You're basically just getting another – some people are calling it additional dose or a booster. It's the same exact shot you've got the first two times, and you get it from the same company. Right. So if you had Pfizer the first two times, you wouldn't get Moderna on the third. Correct. You'd get another Pfizer shot. Right. But I had reached my six months, and as a immunocompromised individual, I was like, I'm going to – I talked to my asthma specialist. He's like, yeah, you're on you're, – you're immunosuppressed. You, you probably need to be looking into that. Like, okay. right, we probably just we probably just had a, a few people click off because we were talking about vaccines and we're not here to talk about whether you should or shouldn't. That's not the topic. Uh, That's between you and your doctor. It's between you and your doctor. Uh, we both uh, have been vaccinated. And, um, and so for those who are going to do that, you know, we like to get a little inside information as to how that process goes for the booster. Yeah. Um, on another note, teacup starts tomorrow. The teacup edition. That's, that's a big deal. It really is. Cancer and PTSD. What a what a deal. One percent. Right. Um, and from what I've gathered, that one percent is a little misleading because I've been able to gather that the vertical operations that create teacup medicine will actually be able to make 10 milligram gummies or doses in their um in their portfolio so it's a little bit better than it was still very expensive uh still a lot of hoops for the patient to jump through but uh yeah it's here tomorrow so i i actually had had an appointment today for that and I will say that the physician that I saw, he is very much verifying that you qualify. Uh, I can't speak to that for any other provider. I would hope that they're making sure patients qualify. But they very much the guy did an actual interview. He didn't just take my records from like the Veterans Affairs Clinic and take their word for it. He actually went through the interview for this and was very thorough and was very pleasant. Um, it's part of a veterans focus group and the doctor doing it is a Navy veteran himself. So it was it was kind of great that when I was able to tell this doctor, yeah, I, w- I was in like a shipyard 
for the time. And he's like, oh, okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. I know that nightmare. I'm like, oh, yes, this guy understands. Great. Well, I'm very happy for you, Jesse, uh, that you're able to qualify for the Texas Compassion Use Program. It does need to have an asterisk in that there are still thousands, if not millions of patients that will continue to be left out of the program. While it did include PTSD in all forms of cancer, on top of uh, autism, epilepsy, multiple sclerosis, neurodegenerative diseases, we did have legislation that would have included chronic pain, although that language was pulled out. And so there are still a lot of patients that will kind of still be on the outside looking in for the next year and a half. Yeah, it's going to be it's it's bad feeling left out because definitely the veterans last session, I know that feeling exactly of let's move this, let's move this. Hey, you're included. Then all of a sudden, no, no, you're not. You're not included yet. You have to wait your turn. And it's like, this is the most ridiculous, unfair thing ever. You shouldn't have to, I mean, it's, it's like a certain type of sickness um, qualifies you or how sick you are qualifies you. And it's, you know, we're finding out that session after session, they're adding more and more qualifying conditions. And, uh, you know, with the way Texas moves with its legislature, it feels almost like it should be prudent that they should get all of these in ASAP, allow this to be something that is open for everybody to be involved in. That's just unfortunately not how it works right now. And at least with, we're going to have institutional review boards help hopefully that will help speed this process along as our state starts gathering its own evidence to satisfy itself i guess is the best way to state that our guest tonight this evening is jesse kearns with new bloom labs he's here on the call with us how are you doing jesse doing very well how are you guys doing doing pretty good bless it's good to see you jesse how are you my friend i'm doing very well austin how are you guys doing it's been a it's for at least for me it's been an interesting week it's been kind of busy sure yeah, I, uh, yeah. I traveled from Dallas to Chattanooga, Tennessee, to our home lab, all of fourteen hours yesterday to arrive here to do some training and some things that we're doing, en route to the Southern Hemp Expo in Raleigh, North Carolina, that we have to set up for tomorrow, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So that'll be your premier hemp expo of the South. Nice, nice. I keep hearing about the one in North Carolina. That's it. So one more time, Jesse. Tell tell us the name of it again. It's the Southern Hemp Expo. That's in Raleigh, North Carolina. Yep. Uh, Thursday through Saturday of this week. Sounds like it's going to be a fun time for everybody who goes out there and gets to attend. So uh, tell us. We'll talk about your origins here for a moment. How did you get into this? I heard you were in motorsports for quite some time. Yeah, yeah. I spent uh, I spent 15 years in competitive motorsports, uh, working throughout the Circle Track Dirt Leaks, Lucas Oil Late Model Series, Ward of Outlaw Late Models, and then transitioned into the NASCAR ranks at the Richard Childress organization and helped those guys with their driver development program up until about 2018. Uh, and I moved to Tennessee for career change and that kind of coincided with the 2018 farm bill which brought cannabis production to the south in the form of hemp and john and i started new bloom labs from there awesome yeah i saw you talked about everything changed right as you were coming home um how was the first year setting up what what was the learning process well cannabis producers 
need rapid access to their crop and product data. So we intentionally built the most effective cannabis lab in the world. We have the fastest turnaround in the industry. And we just kind of try to, you know, take that product and, and business model to, to all new states that are growing hemp. We wanted to be there as a source of education for farmers that are walking through these uh, processes for the first time. And uh, that was one of the main reasons we installed our lab to alleviate a bottleneck in testing in the South that, that you saw a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of samples being sent out West into the large marijuana producing states. And there just wasn't much, uh, you know, uh, customer service and attention to detail uh, for those first time customers that are walking through that process for the first time and have a lot of questions. That's that's a big thing because there's so many people that are entering the space that are brand new and they have no clue what is going on. I've heard from various labs about people who dumped, if not tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars into buying equipment, buying seeds, had no clue what they were really getting into. And then when they're doing lab tests after they grow, it's it's a nightmare. And as you said, a lot of these other groups, they wouldn't really tell them. They wouldn't talk to them about what they needed to do. Yeah. And that was one of the things we had learned. I mean, in general, the first kind of feedback we got in the first couple of years that testing labs are notorious for poor customer service. So we built an entire customer service department in our company. What this means is that our dialogue with customers doesn't end when we deliver a COA. Instead, when a client needs a consultation or help interpreting results, both our customer service team as well as the technical staff are available to help consult you on your results. We also commonly help customers create a testing and compliance program that's the right size for their business. Not everyone needs to test as much as some others might. And we help you identify your best practice needs for testing crops and products and keep you from ordering unnecessary testing. Yeah, I wouldn't want to order 40 tests. It's like, really, you only needed like 20, man. You kind of did overkill on this. <laughs> I, I think that's really interesting, Jesse, that oh, you because when you think lab, you don't you're not the first thing on your mind isn't customer service. But when you, you know, when you are doing lab work, you understand that uh, a lot of these clients that are coming in, you know, it's that 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 person to person contact that uh, that relationship that you have to cultivate is vitally important in this business model. Am I correct? You are correct. And uh, and it can be kind of slippery sometimes because the main thing you want from your lab is it to be a true third party unbiased source of data. And that's all. Your lab doesn't need to consult you on growing and best practices because they're not grower. At least I'm not. I'm not a grower. I can't tell you what you need. So, you know, that's that's very important. And a lot of times I find myself because there can be some question marks if they read the TDA website and they're not always available. And one thing about it is I answer the phone and I am available. And there are many times that I get asked questions that are outside of my purview. And I have to say, well, I'm not a professional uh, consultant for growing cannabis or an agronomist, agronomist by any means, but I can get you in contact with some people that can help you past what I what I know and what I can do by providing you the data on your COA. Yeah, I will say um, I was really amazed that when I reached out to you yesterday about doing the show, phone rang just a couple times. You're like, this is Jesse. How can I help you? And I'm like, wow, man, nobody, nobody in this industry picks up the phone that quick. This is great. I'm not leaving a message. I'm not waiting for a callback, man. This, this dude is prompt. Well, I appreciate that, man. So what brought you out to Texas? Well, you know, I was really the driver behind our expansion to Texas. Texas opened its hemp program a year after most of the rest of the country. And we knew it was going to be big potential for hemp production. 
fiber production, seed production, and of course your cannabinoid development, the medicine that this plant provides. So Texas is a special place for a lot of those reasons, but its worldwide leadership in agriculture is perhaps the most exciting thing about Texas in my eyes. And I wanted New Bloom Labs to be a part of it. And that's why I moved down here as a co-founder of the company to open this second lab out and to make it work and be that source of information and answer the phone. What challenges have you faced coming into Texas that, that differentiate Texas, you would say, from like Tennessee? Well, I mean, well, it's really the same thing with every state. It's so-so regulations. Not every state crafts effective hemp rules right out of the gate, and Texas was no exception. Many growers are frustrated by the confusing transport manifests and their fees and things of that nature, and you just have to you get out there and have some real-world experience from these farmers and some some frontline feedback for some of these rules and regulations before they can kind of mold the clay the next time. And the and we all went through and worked hard during the legislative session this year to try to do the best we can. And there was no doubt there were some trade-offs there. Uh, there were a lot of really positive things that House Bill 3948 had to offer. And, uh, you know, we fully supported all of those, but it kind of hinged on the outlaw of Delta 8 products. And I think the industry responded and and that's why those uh, bills didn't proceed. What would you say is perhaps the easiest state for you to operate uh, as far as regulations are concerned? I'm just curious. Well, I mean, you just have to be have a well uh, a, a, a well rounded understanding of the USDA Farm Bill. And then you just go into each TD uh, Department of Agriculture website and just you just have to weed through it. And, and we've. You know, have a spreadsheet with each state saying the required hemp testing on the on the TDA side or the or the retail side. So every state's different. You have 50 different scenarios. Um, it seems like the New York uh, bill that was recently listed, New York state has been pretty there. The bills and the legislation that they've crafted seem to be friendly to the industry. Um, but but man, I mean, we do state we do state compliance tests in over eight states. So you kind of have to keep your head on a swivel and be ready for changing regulations at any month, really. And to have a good line of communication with the Department of Agriculture and department, certain department uh, departments of health and to, to regulating retail products. And we speak with certain department heads of agriculture every week. We help them you know, uh, mold their state testing program to kind of streamline that stuff and, and sharpen the pencil on the data that they're seeking. Well, that's that's amazing that you're able to, to get all this put together and craft this for people. We're going to go into a quick sponsor break here for a moment. Lone Star Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Williams. We'll be right back after this. Dream Blue Bonnet is a proud sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective. Blue Dream Blue Bonnet carries cannabis art, gifts, accessories, and more for you and your friends. Whether it be a pair of cannabis-themed leggings or a rolling tray, Blue Dream carries a variety of products. Visit BlueDreamBB.com to see their inventory and check back regularly as new items are updated. You can also find them online with Facebook and Instagram under the handle at BlueDreamBlueBonnet. You can visit them online again at BlueDreamBB.com. You know it would be cool if your business was mentioned on a podcast several times an episode. Well, you could have a slot right here on the Lone Star Collective just like the one I'm doing right now. 
Show your community that your business supports changes to social welfare regarding cannabis in Texas. Inform our audience that you are a supporter of independent journalism and the activism work we put in while informing them about your business. Let your customers know where you are located and what you offer the community. For more information on getting your business mentioned on Lone Star Collective, visit TexasCanaco.com. That's TXCanaco.com. And click the contact tab. Oakcliff Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oakcliff focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CBG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their products, quality, or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, Episode 3. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, your co-host, Austin Sam Hariri. We're joined this episode by New Blooms. You're, you're, you're the director, correct? The CEO? Yeah. yeah, my brother is the CEO, and I'm Pharma Processor Relations. It's, it's all a family affair. Mr. Jesse Kearns, how are you doing this evening? Doing very well. That is that is great to hear. Better than being sick. <laughs> I was talking earlier before you came on about how I actually got my third vaccination shot. So I'm facing. It happened yesterday. So I'm facing that, that fallout. Sure. The next day fallout. But I'm I'm powering through it. Good man. I'll Good make man. it. Well, I'm glad you're on the up and up. Jesse, real quick, you said you're in Chattanooga right now. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's been raining all day and all night. I was just about to say, what's the weather out there like? Because I know that the that Ida is making its way into Tennessee. Yeah, it, it's soaked. I basically had the option of running two different routes over to Tennessee. One of them is taking the interstate straight across Louisiana into Vicksburg, then up through Alabama as you get through the other side of Mississippi. And that's where the heart of the storm was yesterday. So I went up through Texas Arcana up to Little Rock and Memphis, and you kind of head up toward northern middle Tennessee into Nashville and basically right. skirted around the entire storm until I started heading back down south, down Mont Eagle Mountain, toward Chattanooga, Tennessee, and that's when it, it just, the whole sea, the whole sky opened up, honestly, and it was very, very low visibility and high rain content until I got to Chattanooga, and when I woke up this morning, it was still raining. And it has rained all day. So I'm sure we've had well over an inch, inch and a half of rain in the last 24 hours. Well, yeah, you be safe. Uh, those of us uh, on the southeast Gulf side of Texas, the coast, we certainly know what hurricanes can do and, mm. um, you know, and how, how hard it can be to travel through them. So definitely be safe. Yeah, it's affecting crops all over the, the country at this point. So I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering about with Tennessee, about how much they were possibly needing rain. Because like I can imagine like West Texas right now needs rain, and they're the type of group that goes, "Oh, a hurricane, come on over this way. We 
Drop all sure. the rain you can. Well, you know, Tennessee, like Texas, has very different climates between the two extremes of the state. So, right. you know, out west, it's a lot It's a lot uh, flatter and a different kind of a Mississippi Delta climate and soil there. Middle Tennessee is still a lot of agriculture. And then you get up in the mountains uh, of East Tennessee and even through Chattanooga, that, that uh, Tennessee River Valley right there is considered one of the furthest north rainforests there are in the Americas. And people don't realize it, but if you look at all the moisture and how much rain they get, and uh, the entire climate there, right south of Chattanooga, is a rainforest within itself. And a lot of that land is preserved through the Prentice Cooper Park or the Cumberland Trust or just, you know, national park land. And it's just super beautiful over there. I really love walking through all the, the, the trails and hiking and fishing in, in the Appalachians. It's just beautiful. What's the phrase? T- Tennessean is tenna believing? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Something like that, yes, sir. Yeah, I envy you because uh, I have a lot of family that lives in the Asheville area. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we took that I-40 route quite frequently to get all the way out, you know, through Knoxville, down into Asheville. And Georgia. so the you talk about the, the mountains and the, and, and the trees, and it's just so beautiful. You're absolutely right. I've been fortunate, fortunate to grow up in a beautiful place and uh, – We've been fortunate to call Texas home, you know. Dallas is a is a big concrete jungle, but I made a small town in a very large place. Uh, I, I'm fortunate enough I get to call Oak Cliff home. So I got my my neighbor Eddie Velez at Oak Cliff Cultivators is over there, and the Bishop is a nice little uh, yeah, nice little small town in in a very big place. Great. Let's see. Talking about big places, let's talk about is, are there big opportunities for Texas looking ahead. Oh, absolutely, man. I mean, the huge upside for Texas hemp. I mean, almost an unlimited ceiling. You know, Texas has the resources, land, soil, various climates, like we mentioned, for different types of cultivation. You know, the fiber production out of the West and going around in South Texas. We've seen some of those harvests already come uh, to light this year. It's very exciting. Um, we, we also have some really excellent cannabinoid producers that we see scattered throughout the state, uh, but particularly in Austin and area. Austin and Dallas area, you know, plus you're starting to see some really astute large scale processors come online here in Texas. Our, our, our friends at Bayou City yes. Hemp come to mind, uh, Green Zero Labs there in Austin, uh, Sweet Sensi's doing some solventless extraction. And those are well old machines that that can really help you guys, you know, take your hemp to market and and be more faceted in, in how you sell and, and produce your hemp. There's no doubt that you know, a lot of these first time farmers were from Texas and, and grew up, you know, with wheat and soybeans and they take all of their grain to the bin at one time. And hemp is not that way. And there's been kind of a learning curve there for a lot of first time farmers that they might need to have multiple outlets to sell their hemp in different parts of their crop uh, multiple times uh, during the process. And that's been a learning curve for some people, but uh, but they're powering through it. That's something that I've I've encountered like the first year after we created our farm bill was talking to people. I say West Texas before was talking to some farmers out there and there was this, just this misconception as consultants came in that they were telling them how to do this. They're like, Hey, this is hemp. You have to do this this way. It's a, it's a cannabis product. You have Mm -hmm. to grow and cultivate this way. And like, well, I don't grow and cultivate that way with any other plant. I, I grow corn or I grow cotton and I don't do that that way. That's not how that works. And, like, well, that's not corn. That's not cotton. This is a completely different crop. 
Sure. Sure. And they're learning, you know, and that's, that's been a lot of what we do is, is I would go visit farmers where they are. I did that a lot last year, continue to do it this year and throughout the winter. Uh, we utilize these sampling kits because we know there's very remote places in Texas and we know those farmers are hardworking and they're working from daylight to dark. So we provide those sampling kits. Real quick, Jesse, uh, What's the most remote place in Texas that you've had to go test? Uh, Big Spring. No, 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 no. Uh, it's it's right. I'll have to find it on my map here. Uh, That's out there in La Mesa, that area. Big Spring, south yeah. of La Mesa. Yeah, it, it's it's not there. I'll have to look it up on my map because it was it was near Big Bend Park. Oh, okay. So south of Alpine and and. Uh, Marfa. The Yellow Rose Pass. I'm trying to find the city I was in. It was beautiful down there. Um, I was going to say, you probably get, because you, you probably travel across Texas and get to see a lot of the different climates and mm. and sam- uh, culture samples across the state. Yeah, I've seen a lot of different things in a lot of different places. I've been been fortunate to travel, you know, out to, like like you said, toward Big Spring and and Midland out there, I've been out to, to Mr. Garcia's crop out there and seen his greenhouse. And, you know, they do really good and won a lot of awards and and have a lot of pride out there in the products that, that they're making. But, yeah, I've been really all over Texas, man. It's been I've been really blessed to 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 travel the width and breadth of Texas, you know, bringing this information to farmers and delivering our sampling kits and and just being a source of information for these guys. When you say Mr. Garcia, are you talking about uh, Garcia Brothers Organics? Yes. Yeah, yeah great, great group. Yes. Of- people out there yeah man they, they are so with us having this bright future you speak of how can we start securing this for texas hemp well you know well, the the main thing that i want to try to bring out to light here is the national hemp park market is approaching its third year of cultivation and we still get the most common question is when do you harvest your crop and that's not a quite an A to B answer, but there are some best practices that you can utilize that can help you get to compliance. And, and the main thing is, is utilizing private testing to monitor your potency before you harvest. The 0.3 total THC, depending on the variety, you know, can happen at different times. And if you might have three varieties on three acres and you might harvest one on one month, one three weeks later, and the next one three weeks later, it won't all happen at the same time. So you have to utilize unofficial testing. And in, and in uh, uh, Texas, it's, you utilize the unofficial transport manifest. And that manifest can be used multiple times yes. to do all of your private testing. And that document is good for the entire 180 day cycle of your lot permit. So you could do any private testing that you want to do. You can even do post harvest full panel testing. As long as that 180 day cycle is still valid of your lot permit, print off an unofficial sample, right? Hand delivering to the lab, stick it in the mail, take it to the U S postal service and mail it to us. And, And we offer next business day turnaround on potency testing because weeks old data simply isn't viable while you're growing your crop. So you utilize that unofficial manifest and you might test your potency every week. Guys, for somebody that has a new variety, you need to invest in your cannabinoid portfolio and maybe test every week from week three of flower to, to full maturation and mark your total THC every week. And that point three might come in at different weeks, but you need to have all of your manifests in order to be able to call that sampler out there at the right time 
to pull the official compliance test. And the main thing to know here is you have a 30-day harvest window on the back end. So you can allow other plants that might be a little shorter to catch up or just kind of harvest at your leisure. And this was a very common question and so common that I went and made a five or six minute video. My brother and I collaborated and made a video explaining how to utilize the unofficial manifest, explaining how to utilize the official manifest and walk you through going to the TDA website and applying for that in the e-apply. There is some confusion in there because the official and unofficial manifest are applied on the same page. And there are certain toggles there that you turn on and off that drop that open up other boxes that can really be confusing and and people would get the wrong manifest and send it in and for all intents and purposes it's the official manifest but you, you just know that's not the case because you've been communicating with these guys and and they just sent it they sent their own document in and so I made that video you can go to youtube.com and google new bloom labs it's our first video there it's already got well over 200 views and and it's been a good source of education because it really is like 40, 50 percent of the time I'm on the phone during the week is explaining that wow. exact same thing and repeating that process of how to get that unofficial manifest. And what happens, guys, circling back to this national hit market, so many times a guy sends in an unofficial and they're already over and they just didn't know when to start. And in your first year, you know, in your first year growing a CBD variety, you might, like I said, invest every week of flower, build your cannabinoid profile. And then the next week, year, or the next month, or the next cycle that you grow that crop, test every other time. All of that's up to you. But you don't. But if you don't have that data and that potency monitoring to start to know when to bring that sampler in to pass at this 0.3 total, which could be... I mean, this depends. It could be halfway through the maturation process. It could be two-thirds of the way. You don't know unless you have an unofficial test and, and data to back that up, to call that sampler in, to homogenize that sample and pass. And then again, say it again, 30-day harvest window on the back end. That takes the, the sweat on the pillow out of it. We thank you for your time here. I'm going to ask you one last question. How does someone contact New Bloom Labs? Sure, man. You can reach us on Facebook and Instagram, New Bloom Labs. We're available at newbloomlabs.com. You can drop us uh, in, uh, a message anytime, and you can also call us toll-free at 1-844-TEST-CBD. Awesome. I see you all are on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash New Bloom Labs. Yep. Instagram at New Bloom Labs. Yes, sir. NewBloomLabs.com. You just gave the phone number. If you need help, reach out to this guy. He's amazing. We thank you for your time. We're going to go into a quick sponsor break. The Lone Star Collective Podcast, Episode 3. We'll be right back.
Blue Dream Blue Bonnet is a proud sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective. Blue Dream Blue Bonnet carries cannabis art, gifts, accessories, and more for you and your friends. Whether it be a pair of cannabis-themed leggings or a rolling tray, Blue Dream carries a variety of products. Visit BlueDreamBB.com to see their inventory and check back regularly as new items are updated. You can also find them online with Facebook and Instagram under the handle at Blue Dream Blue Bonnet. You can visit them online again at BlueDreamBB.com. You know it would be cool if your business was mentioned on a podcast several times an episode. Well, you could have a slot right here on the Lone Star Collective just like the one I'm doing right now. Show your community that your business supports changes to social welfare regarding cannabis in Texas. Inform our audience that you are a supporter of independent journalism and the activism work we put in while informing them about your business. Let your customers know where you are located and what you offer the community. For more information on getting your business mentioned on Lone Star Collective, visit TexasCanaco.com. That's TXCanaco.com and click the contact tab. Oakland Cultivators is a sponsor of Texas Cannabis Collective and Lone Star Collective Podcast. Oakland focuses on quality assurance with their hemp products while providing customer service to help you discover cannabinoids to meet your needs. Their product line includes hemp flower pre-rolls, CPG tinctures, edibles, Delta 8, and merch. For more information on their products quality or to shop online today, visit oakcliffcultivators.com or contact them at info at oakcliffcultivators.com. Welcome back to the Lone Star Collective Podcast, distributed on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and much more, to give Texans information regarding policy, industry, and culture. Here is this week's host, Jesse Williams and Austin Sam Hariri. Star Collective podcast episode three. We finished up with our our lovely guest Jesse Kearns of New Bloom Labs. And again, you can find them at newbloomlabs.com. I'm joined by my co-host Austin Sam Hariri of the Texas Cannabis Collective. How That's me. That be him. I don't know. Am I allowed to get man. away with a with a macho man Randy Savage impersonation? Always. Ooh yeah. <laughs> Go lead a smackdown. <laughs> I got to say, to this episode, man, your music selection has been very on point. You started with a little Lizzo, some Bruno Mars. I'm really feeling it. I think it was fitting to have Goodbye Stranger as your guest leaves. But man, um, just talking about Macho Man, man, that Spider-Man trailer dropped. And I've just been for a whole week going, Bone Saw's ready. <laughs> they call me Bone Saw. And I've got you for five whole minutes <laughs> boom saws ready was like yeah we saw uh, we saw octavius we saw sandman we saw the goblin stuff show up and we're like where's bone saw <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah I, I i really i'm gonna start working on my hulk because you know that uh hulk hogan and macho man had a really big 
dynamic. Uh, their storylines like really crossed back and forth with Miss Elizabeth and that whole drama <laughs> that unfolded. So, well, you have any final Jesse thoughts? Was awesome. Yeah, he was awesome. So yeah. any, any final thoughts about what we got going in our hemp space? Uh, no, I just I think that uh, Texans are going to continue to do what they're going to continue to do. And I think the evidence has been there the whole time. You know, people before even HB 1325 was passed into law, you had so many CBD shops that were already distributing cannabinoids and flour and things of that nature. And then 1325 really solidified a lot of that. And then just since then, whether it's been the smokable hemp ban or possibly banning D8, you continue to see that people are going to do what they're going to continue to do. Right. So, um, you know, just always, always, always please anything that you purchase, check for the COA, see if it's a reputable source. If you have questions about that, email us, you know, reach out to us through our social media uh, pages and we, you know, we can help guide, guide people in that direction. I say as well, I always recommend that you come and find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, because sometimes there's just some stuff that's just way too spicy for us to talk about vocally on this podcast. And that stuff goes up on our social media. Um, at Facebook is at TX Can Collective. You know our our Instagram off the top of your head. You're you're the big Instagram guy. Yeah, at TX Cannabis Collective. And our Twitter is Texas Canico, correct? At Texas Canico. It, it is. And Twitter's been getting hot. We're getting close. Uh, we're almost to 500 followers, but we've got a good ratio of followers to those that we're following. Uh, so, and that's con- continuing to improve. We're also, I know, working on a, a LinkedIn and a Reddit side. Oh, we have a LinkedIn. Uh, we actually have a LinkedIn, Texas Cannabis Collective. You can come and follow us there. We've been posting the articles up that, that come out from the site, the podcast as and, well. Um, most of our following has originated on Facebook grew through a Facebook page where we allowed other people to like contribute to, you know, their first amendment rights and cannabis with a few exceptions. And, and then we really put a lot into the Instagram side to really tell the picture and story of what's going on throughout the state. And I feel like we do a pretty good representation of that. Uh, Our meme game is probably second to none. We have probably the best meme game in all of Texas cannabis. I will go ahead and say it right now. Anybody that wants to challenge me or us. <laughs> you can always nominate. As uh, Texas Hemp Awards is coming up, you can always nominate us for having the best meme game. Right. Gift too. Um, I think they, we, we can include that all together. But outside of that, uh, outside of the lightheartedness, uh, we do a lot of – we make a lot of bold claims and uh, talk a lot of common sense. And sometimes those can be a little convoluted, but um, there's nothing that we're not saying that isn't true. And we're, I feel, some of the most deeply embedded activists and journalists in the state of Texas. So I'm very proud of what we do, Jesse. I'm proud of this podcast. I love uh, the direction. I love each week getting to talk to talk to just the best people in the industry and in the culture and policy. Uh, it's this amazing thing to be a part of. So as well, talking about our, our presence online, 
if you're wanting to keep up to date with the articles that come out as well, you can always go to texascanico.com, txcanico.com forward slash subscribe. Or if you just go to the homepage, we got a little button in the middle of the page, right smack dab in the middle of the page at the top says subscribe. You can always reach out to us to the contact us tab. And we recommend you register to vote. And that's pretty much Absolutely. it. That's pretty much it. That's that's my final thought for tonight. Register to vote. Register to vote and uh, just keep going, guys. Keep going because that's really all we can do at this point. Um, continue to get active in your community and network and do the best you can through COVID. We know everybody's kind of having to deal with this situation. So uh, keep your chin up. We love you, Texas. All right. And that does it for episode three of the Lone Star Collective podcast. Our guest was Jesse Kearns from New Bloom Labs. I'm your host, Jesse Williams, with co-host Austin Zam Hariri. Y'all have a great week. Adios. I gotta get ready, make everything right. Cause all my rowdy friends are coming over tonight. are coming over tonight.